Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your hosts, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and with the Thanksgiving holiday approaching, we wanted to talk about what we are thankful for. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? Hey, how you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing a bit footloose today. Footloose? Yeah. And fancy free? <laughs> sure. Okay, okay. Did I say that? Did I say fancy free? No, no. I think there's a turn of phrase that's like footloose and fancy free. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely fancy. You, I mean, you went to school, <laughs> right? That's what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally now Googling. Okay, yes. Footloose and Fancy Free. Uh, oh, it's, an, it's a Rod Stewart album. It's Rod Stewart's eighth album released in 1977. I guess I'm going to have to listen to that now. You big Rod Stewart guy? <laughs> I mean, uh, I couldn't really say. I don't, I don't, I can't name a song right now. Yeah. I started to go with a Phil Collins song and then realized that it was, in fact, Phil Collins, not Rod Stewart. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you'll get there. I think yeah, maybe, we'll work you know, on that one. I started to go with another one, but I'm not actually confident it's Rod Stewart. Yeah. I know that we grew up listening to Rod Stewart songs because they were still a part of Top 40 when we mm. were Are you thinking of I Can't Dance? Is that Rod Stewart? Uh, it's, I think Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> is that CCR? Is that, is that Zeppelin that does that one? Who's that? Are we, are we reviewing <laughs> music right now? Yeah, this is the uh, music episode of the Crowfall podcast. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help it. You say these turns of phrase, they pop into my head. We have to Google. That's You're fine. feeling footloose. Yeah. Tell me about why. Um, well, as you know, when when I play, uh, I, I really don't have a set objective, um, which, of course, is not the most efficient. But I still log in. Uh, and whatever I feel like doing, I just kind of do. Um, depending on like what the situation is or either XP, farming, gold, crafting, um, PVP. But we were out uh, taking a fort. And what's interesting about it is that we didn't really have a plan going into it. And I kind of like letting things develop um, just organically. And we had to turn in some Sands of Time, uh, which is a season quest on, on one of the cards, right? And two of us had to do that. And you have to turn in the Sands of Time to the specific out, outpost um, out in the field, right? You can't use the sacrifice in the temple. Right. Which I've definitely made the mistake of doing. Um, but... There was also a fort on the way that an enemy alliance had, and we had a decent amount of people on. So 
I was like, hey, well, why don't you hit that fort and me and this guildie will jump through the port and we'll run the run the sands of time. And if there's anyone around on that side, at least for that alliance, they'll probably respond to the fort once it's uh, lit up, right? Mm-hmm. So we do that. We jump through, um, deliver the sands of time. We come back. Uh, to join the fort siege, which we had taken, but they were actively defending it. And as we're running back, the enemy alliance catches us in the middle of the field, right? And pulls our defense out of the fort. Um, We have some skirmishing, go back and forth, and then the enemy alliance eventually retakes the fort. Mm -hmm. Well... As we're respawning back, um, we had some stealthers with us, and they, of course, went up to check the fort, and we were kind of unsure if we were going to hit the fort again. Like, timer's going down. We don't know if we have enough time to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, They have kind of a sizable force. It's really mostly just uh, our guild, um, which is about a group and a half or so, and we have a, a few alliance people. As we're running back, we're like checking the fort, and I'm actually like kind of separated from the group, but I end up coming up on like this group of alliance people that are in our alliance, and I'm just looking for the hole in the fort because I'm trying to go in, and I'm just like the timer's going down. We got to, we'll just try and see what happens, right? Well. The, the Alliance saw me going towards the hole and then they just joined in. We charged through the hole and then the stealthers come around the back, hit the back line in the fort. And we end up securing the fort again at one of those last second takes. Nice. Yeah. And it was just like the way that worked out was just so amazing. Mm. The, the payoff of it was just like, that's why you play the open world pvp it's like for those types of situations that no one was really planning for but you know works out it has to work out in someone's favor and then Mm -hmm. the way it works out in that way was just like oh that's great you know last second uh winning shot all day (laughs) yeah well and it's fun to it's it's super fun that you were able to run into the the alliance members because i'm guessing that you weren't broadcasting an alliance chat that you were looking for help or anything yeah yeah i mean uh we had said something earlier that like we were going to that fort and they saw our marker on it when we took it the first time Ah. um but yeah we weren't necessarily broadcasting it and uh (laughs) the fact that i got lost and then ran into them (laughs) and then just like convinced them to follow me because i was just not stopping <laughs> right. like, i'm just going through this hole man <laughs> so in their mind they're like that guy knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah but i had no idea Little i don't know do what know. i don't know where my group is i'm lost <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it worked out so. yeah no it's fun i mean you know i think to and obviously i know that forts also have um windows of time in which they're available and not to be taken. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, you and I have talked a lot about on the show about what we think about the scheduled siege times. And I still think that they are a net win 
in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. Just because every other every other PvP game I've played where you hold territory that allows offline raiding devolves usually into it's just offline raiding. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. And that's not that's not really the way to you know that's not a fun way to play. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But it. It, not that it takes away from because because clearly your story demonstrates that it, it doesn't eliminate it. The scheduled siege times, though, especially when you're talking about keeps and there's a lot more at stake, because typically there's you know either a really large guild or maybe always an alliance of guilds, right, that are have a vested interest in that keep. Yeah. Um, the scheduling of it can make it seem less spontaneous because it isn't spontaneous <laughs> at all. And what you what you've described here is like I mean not only your own your own experience where you get lost and and run in but the whole thing is somewhat serendipitous yeah yeah and and there's a uh, an enjoyment that comes out of stumbling into a fun activity besides just planning one out ahead of time yeah exactly I mean there's a lot to be said about the the scheduling part and being able to put together those type of uh, events right. Uh, offensive and defensive uh, keep sieging. I mean, to really do it well, there has to be some sort of organization to it. But, I mean, we're in a bigger alliance now, and, I mean, you could probably do a defense or offense just about every day of the week. But me, uh, personally... I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't a raiding person and wow, I, I didn't even play it that much, but um, my doing scheduled events like that is not as experienced. I mean, it's just not something that I've done. I mean, in Camelot, we did some master level stuff where it was kind of scheduled. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I definitely prefer not having a schedule like when I log into a game I was thinking a a lot about it if it could be modified in some way (laughs) but I don't know I I like the idea of of being able to start a siege timer by an offensive army and I mean even if there was still like a a window like if you started a siege on the northeast or North American East Keep, the defending army could still pick a window that that siege timer would take place. But if there was more laps in the timers where you were actually picking the timer starts, it would definitely lend itself to more political-type maneuvering just because you could go several days without having to defend the keep based on whatever the situation is, right? Yeah. I I mean, I think you're, I I, I get what you're saying. And I think that the, the ability to show up with a force and try and start, you know, start some shit basically. Right. Mm -hmm. I get the, I get the enjoyment of that. And I get the, I, I get why there's excitement there. I personally just feel like there's still too much drawback from, it not being I just personally really think the pre-scheduled thing is great <laughs> because it allows you to say 
I know if we don't have a keep defense on Tuesday or Wednesday night that I don't need to worry about it. Right. Like I'm, I'm not even, I don't have to think about it at all. I can do plan anything else that I want. And there's no chance that I'm letting my yield mates down by not being able to show up for a keep defense. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, with in, initiating the timer, you would have to think about like, well, how far in advance would that uh, timer be? Like if I drop a siege and it starts the timer, like how much notice do you give the defending army? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's something that's on the Crowfall forums, the Handshake Siege, which I think is maybe even in their design review section, which is like features that they're working on for future updates. Um, So it very well may be that you see something like that coming where there's an option. And maybe it's not for every dregs. Like, honestly, I guess honestly what I would be the most open to which I'll now make the point that I've made for 21 episodes prior to this one (laughs) um, is that the campaign structure allows it so that they could do scheduled. And then for the next campaign, they could do handshake, handshake sieges, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. Where, you know, it started and then there's an agreed upon time that it happens and see how it goes for a month. Right. Like, (laughs) I, I don't know, or maybe keep sieges, are kept on the hard schedule, but forts go to the handshake thing or, you know uh, what I mean? I don't know. Or maybe yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I definitely, um, the, the fort timers are tough for someone who wants to hold a fort because they seem to come up quite a bit, at least right. once a day. Right. Yeah. Sometimes twice now, I think. Well, or maybe, maybe like there are certain keeps like, cause right now there's, what, I think there's eight keeps total or something. So maybe four of them are handshake timer based and four of them are time zone schedule based, right? Like, I don't know what the rules are, but yeah, I guess the point being that I, I, you know, you're not the only one that, that advocates for this kind of idea. So hopefully we'll see them play around with it. And at worst it, it, you know, even if it was like, Oh man, this is really not, not working out how we had hoped. Yeah. It's a month. <laughs> it's a single campaign. That's true. And it probably doesn't catastrophically fail. So, yeah, there's probably something that can come out of it that's interesting. Yeah, who knows? It's just great that, you know, you could change from campaign to campaign, even even the rule set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this will be our episode uh, dropping uh, just before Thanksgiving here in the United States, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought we would in the spirit of gratitude talk about what we are grateful for in crowfall what we are thankful for oh yeah if you want yeah (laughs) i like it so yeah so i will i will start um and to be clear this isn't doesn't that i mean whatever ideas we have doesn't have to be super deep ideas or something but just anyway so i'll start and i'll say the first thing that i'm thankful for in crowfall is the variety of races. Uh, mm. I think the wide variety of races is really cool. Uh, I think that they're creative, which is surprising this far along in the fantasy MMO space. Yeah. Right. But like, I mean, Minotaur has been in other games before. I've not seen Centaur as an option before. Mm-hmm. I've not seen Ganeshan <laughs> as an option before. Yeah. And and not only do they look aesthetically different, 
but they have a, a pretty wide, diverse set of racial abilities that change how the class plays. I mean, like the story we told, I think, in last episode where the Ganesha Knight tunnels under the wall or whatever. Like, yeah, to pull everyone out. Yeah, that's so cool that the Ganeshian gets that ability. And then whatever class, which, of course, you know, each race can only be so many different classes, but any of those classes can do that. So, so again, just in that example, here you have a, a tank class, basically, that's getting to do something that you normally would attribute to a thief or assassin type class. And, you know, in the burrowing under the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the abilities and like the racials are really well diverse. I was happy to see that many races out of the gate too. I mean, right? I I don't know. Um, I think when it was released, I remember going through the forums and seeing some people being like, "Why are there so many races? I mean, we'll focus on just a few races or something like that." And I was like, "That's awesome that there's so many," you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent agree. And even, I mean, even in games that have a, that maybe have a similar amount, like you know, WoW, even Vanilla WoW or or Dark Age, even the races were split up by faction, right? Mm-hmm. So you couldn't truly pick any based on the faction that you rolled. Yeah. So yeah, I think the I think the variety of races is super cool, and I think the different racial abilities and bonuses are cool. And yeah, I don't know. I just I really impressed by that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Same. So what, what's your first thing that you would like to be thankful for? Well, I mean, I mean, that's kind of like building on the, the diverse races, um, the specializations of it all, mm. um, the added minor and major disciplines. I mean, just the other day, I came across a major discipline that I wasn't aware of that I could use on, my class mm-hmm. and i was like well i kind of want to try that and then that changed how my minors and majors are like well i'll probably just redo that and then of course i just ended up respecting and changing a few more things but <laughs> just that you know you could change how you play the character um so much and you can do that uh, in different campaigns, like you could have discipline loadouts in dregs or something like that. And then if you wanted to do something in Skypoint or faction or faction and play a little different, you could have those disciplines over there. I mean, they're all account bound. So, I mean, you could have as many as you wanted if you wanted to spend the gold upgrading them. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that the, the, the disciplines allow such a flexibility. I mean, when you see a class or when you see a a character, I should say out in the world, you don't necessarily know what class they are instantly at a, at a glance. You might be able to have some ideas based on the weapon. Like if you see a sickle, I don't think anything except a druid uses a sickle if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken. Right. So there are some things that are tells but then you don't know kind of what specialization within that class the player is still. Again, mm-hmm. to some extent, if you see a sickle, I think that is just Stormcaller exclusively for the Druids, or just the DPS spec. Okay. So maybe you could narrow it down to that, right? Yeah, yeah. But still, you have no idea what the major and minor disciplines are, and those can make a really significant difference in... Yeah 
what the player can do. For sure. Yeah, I think it's... Um, the thing about Crowfall is there are so many honestly really innovative and good ideas. I would say it's the most innovative MMO that I've seen maybe ever really (laughs) just because it's willing to do so many things differently from the status quo. And it's, it's weird seeming at first, but then it leads to frankly, just some really cool outcomes case in point the discipline system is not something that (laughs) I've ever seen in any other game. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially with, in conjunction with a talent tree, right? Like if there was no talent tree and you just had disciplines, okay, fine. The disciplines are the talent tree basically. But in this case, they're, they're both exist and, and the talent tree can determine at least to some extent what disciplines you have access to. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just think it's, I just think it's really, really cool uh, to your point, the variety that you can see. I think, uh, I think something else that I'm grateful for here in Crowfall is, and again, kind of a silly thing maybe to, to a lot of people, but is really just the aesthetics of it, just the way that that the armor looks. I mean, some of the armor is relatively um, plain, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and just looks like a you know a set of <laughs> a chain armor or something. But like on my druid, for example, which I don't have crazy nice gear on the druid, even when I wear war tribe gear, it looks it's like a metal chess piece that's like just got all these different metal leaves that are all woven together. Like that's cooler than any <laughs> than just about any other armor set I've seen in any game. And it's my war tribe gear, right? Like what? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah, it drops from uh from farming i mean it's nothing special compared to the player crafted stuff but i mean yeah to your point it's like it when you play this mmo it it feels strange at first because like you said it's just different um i mean just last night when we were uh farming dust it felt more traditional MMO, right? We we had the PVE group, we had the healer tank, some DPS, and we're just running around chaining mobs for, for the dust. But really, that's not most of the game. That's just a small part of it. And that's what you would think of when you think of it like a traditional MMO, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just found that really interesting. It's like we we are doing the level thing, we're doing the grinding thing, but that's not what you have to do. You know, it's just like it's beneficial for the dust, and we have some people that need XP, but it's not like we're doing that every day. Yes, and well, in I think in a lot of games, you know, you go play. I use wow as the example constantly, but it's just, I, it's an easy one to reference and you know, maybe the most familiar (laughs) MMO out there. Um, But like in wow, if you want to do, if you wanted to grind PVE for something, once you're max level, it's dungeons or raids. And that's kind of it. Like there isn't really, 
there might be an open world boss or something, but that's like a raid boss that requires, you know, 40 people or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, to, to just, to just be able to run around in the open world with a, a group of high level players and farm consistently for as long as we want, it doesn't really exist in a lot of the more modern MMOs. Like, they're not set up like that. The, the the open worlds are actually more set up for single player, right? Mm-hmm. To go do quests and you fight a couple of mobs at a time. Yeah. And the group content is, is instanced and is separate and, you know, is very tailored and designed or whatever. And not that, that those things are, are terrible or something, but I do think that like the, the activity you're talking about where we're just farming the golems, it harkens back to an old style of MMO PVE, like in Dark Age of Camelot or in EverQuest, where you kind of just go out into a field and find a camp that you like and then just <laughs> pull just it. Just kill it, yeah. Yeah, it. just grind it. And I had some wonderful times doing that. I mean, yeah. just be- just because, I mean, you're just out there doing And, like, who knows what happens when, you- <laughs> when you're out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's... Um... What was that one mob in the Salisbury Plains? The wind method? <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget. I might have it on my headstone. <laughs> I might actually killed by a wind method. might be my that headstone. Darn wind method? Yeah. <laughs> it would aggro from so far away. And you can't yeah. see it. It's little. It's like translucent. Really well, hate the it, wind method. It's, su- it's super high level to you at like the while you first get into the planes until the very end and then you can finally right. kill it. I think the truth is that like when you're level 11 it's like level 17. So <laughs> it's actually also total garbage mob, but to that to your level 11 self in that game that win method may as well be god. Like yeah. you have in to your, fight god right now in your tattered leather. Oh, uh, uh yes, I really like the armor too. Um <laughs> My my centaur has a, a legionnaire look to it, mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of see like the layers of it. Um, I don't know; it, it just looks really good. Yeah, no, totally agree. And it's and it looks cool and it's ornamented, but it's not big and gaudy. Yeah, like Wow yeah. Armor eventually kind of got you know mm-hmm. the, the meme of Wow Armor is that it's all really gaudy. And to be clear. I mean, I had a pair of shoulder pads and wow, at one point that grew flowers on them in an infinite loop. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? I mean so yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm not hating on all wow armor or something, but, but yeah, I think, I think Crowfall armor uh, looks pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Anything Good else balance. you've got on your thankful list? Um, I mean, we got the, the dynamic uh, PVP campaigns. I mean, mm. we've talked about it so much, but, just the just the fact that you have an end game that can potentially change um, from campaign to campaign, month to month, whatever the time frame may be. Mm-hmm. There's always something fresh waiting for you uh, to do with your character and your equipment and all of your crafting that you've worked so hard to to get. Um, I've always thought that you know PvP makes a, a really good end game. But yeah, I mean, we got it here, so I'm I'm really thankful for that. 
Yeah, I, I, I know I talked about this a lot in a couple episodes ago, maybe, but I just also can't emphasize enough how much I love the changing map every campaign. Mm-hmm. I just I think it's so neat how the maps change and getting into the new dregs and trying to figure out where we're going to be and where the camps, you know, and where are the resource nodes that are best to farm. And on the one hand, I can see where it's kind of potentially uh taxing <laughs> to to relearn it each time or whatever but since everyone has to relearn it together it's an even playing field and yeah i just think that that's a, a really cool feature of the campaign that honestly again as i said for probably every episode as excited as i was about the campaigns going into crowfall and even once we started the map changing didn't really dawn on me until honestly until we were a bit into it Mm-hmm. Even though the maps had already changed, it didn't really occur to me how powerful I thought that really was. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I know it was the same for me, but I mean, we are trying to process everything from the beginning, and the map was, uh, I don't know, it didn't hit me right away. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, the changing, the freshness of that, the campaigns, um, just the way the open world can can work as far as pvp goes i mean it it really feels like there's enough space uh, more space uh to create those awesome moments mm-hmm. i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah uh, I... as opposed to like diving into another instance another dungeon that it, we've seen all the rotations of Yes, exactly. Well, and that's what I was, you know, I, to piggyback on what we were talking about just a moment ago with the, the, the you know, open world PVE grinding kind of thing. The dungeons, when you've never been to a dungeon, I don't mean any dungeon ever, but just like any, any particular dungeon, if you haven't been to it yet, or if you've only been to it a handful of times, it might be really compelling, right? Because you're like, oh, this dungeon's so cool. They might have... It might even have cutscenes in them, like in, in WoW that maybe you think you're entertaining or something, right? Like, there's all sorts of stuff to it, but it is so static <laughs> that it does become tiresome after you've done it a few times. It does get boring after you've done it a little bit. Now, to their credit, they've introduced things to to add modifiers and kind of mix it up in the end game at this point. But still, it until you get to that point, like again, there's just there can be a feeling of sameness. And and you don't run into that when you're going out to grind in the open world because even if you went to the same camp every time for a whole campaign, like even if we only did the same camp of golems every time, mm-hmm. A, we still don't know what might happen there because we don't know who else might show up that we might have to deal with. Yep. But beyond that, the next month you're not going to the same spot because like I just said, the map's changing, Right. Mm-hmm. So there's just a, a constant freshness to it that I think that's maybe the biggest challenge that MMOs run into is that it just it's inescapable that eventually it feels overwhelmingly the same because you've yeah. done it all so much. And whether it be through the through the campaign or through the disciplines like you're talking about or through the variety of races and all the different options they get, there's just a lot of ways that the game really tries to emphasize variety and and dynamic content versus hey here's the same thing again 
for sure. Um, I'd also like to shout out the community. Um, mm. The, uh, I mean, being out in in the open world, right? We run into to different factions. We have recently, as a guild, changed our faction for the time being. But um, there are guilds in our Dregs Alliance that are a different faction. Um, but also just the other uh, Earth players that we've run into, because we're Moon now, but we've been Earth for the longest time. And even though we might not uh, know them personally, it seems like when you run into enemy factions in... Uh, Especially in Skypoint, I guess it's more of a starter area. But you may fight, but it it seems like that once there is an established winner, like maybe you fight a couple of times, most people are are just willing to just be like, hey, nice fight. Let's just farm this thing together. I'm not going to attack you again. Or, or whatever it may be. And it's like, well, that's cool. I mean, it seems like they're, everyone is open to talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the yeah. other day I was farming, you and I were, were farming at a hot spot. Yeah. And to be clear, in Skypoint, so low stakes. Um, but there was a, a dude from another faction running around ganking people in the hot spot. But he, he would fight. And I say ganking. I mean, whatever. He would show up and fight people. But he wasn't yeah. a stealther, so it wasn't that kind of gank. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't trying to actually farm the mobs in the hot spot or hot right. spot, whatever it is. Yeah. He was just using it because he rightfully anticipated that players would be there for him to find to fight with. Mm-hmm. So he shows up, does the fights with people, and there's there's kind of this big like cliff or like like mountain in the middle on a hill <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the area and so eventually he climbs on top of that hill well then someone from another faction shows up and they fight on top of that hill well mm-hmm. a third person showed up bef- before their fight was done and the first two guys fight and the winner of that heals up while the third person who shows up actually stands and waits for them to get healed up and then they engage wow. in the fight. Nice. That's awesome. And then yeah. in general chat there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying, I, I know what fight you're referencing. I miss, I missed that last part though. Mm. I was at the bottom of the elevation, so I didn't see that part. <laughs> yeah. And, and then in general chat, they were saying, they were telling each other good fight and, you know, chatting or whatever. Uh-huh. And then they left. They didn't stay there and gank for the whole hour that the hot spot was open. Right. Yeah, And honestly, like at one point when two of them were fighting, I was getting ready to jump in and, you know, third party has its known. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was moving up too. I was like, Ooh, we, should, we, should we jump in? <laughs> but then, but then I saw the third person already watching and not engaging. Uh-huh. And frankly, I just felt guilty. I felt like a jerk to jump in and third party. Cause it's like, ah, look at this. They're all so respectful of each other. <laughs> so I just let it go. Um, yeah. I mean, it's awesome, though, because, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's what's the point of, of griefing someone? I mean, it's like people just get mad and, and quit. And I mean, if you're playing the game still at this point, and you've probably talked to a lot of people, you're probably uh, in the community more so. Like, people probably know your name. It's like, I don't know. I mean, they might be on your team in the next Drake's. 
Right. So you don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and then it was later you and I were running around on two stealthers and I saw a guy and in, in any other time of my life, it's like my very first thought is like, yep, both of us use our advantage of the fact that there's two of us and let's go gank that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. it's PVP LOL. <laughs> But again, I, I, I was kind of like, I don't know if I feel good about it. I don't know if I feel good about, about the two-on-one. When, again, we're clearly at a farming hotspot zone, and it's Skypoint, so it's not like we're going to get anything out of it anyway, other than the, I guess we could get his skull or something. But yeah. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, all of that is to say, yes, I agree with you. The community is actually very good, and I'm sure there are, you know, some jerks out there in it. And I'm, I'm sure not every person is great, but candidly, there's a lot of really, uh, really nice people and people are easy to get along with and relatively chill. And um, I mean, our guild especially is great. Like we have the most chill people that are really easy to get oh, along man. with and yeah. easy to play with and generous. And yeah, just, it's great. Um, so I would, I would agree. Thankful for the community. Um it's funny because you've actually been doing like real mechanics and I've just been talking about the art, which I'm going to do again. (laughs) The art's important. And this can be the last one, but I'll just, and I'll lump it together, but I'll just say, you know, whether it be animations, spell effects, and then also the mounts. Um, I love how all of that looks. I think it all looks great. I think that the mounts now I will say I have that stupid reindeer mount. I don't know (laughs) why it's animation is the way it is. The reindeer looks good. <laughs> I, I I hope they give it a, a little bit of a tweak, but yeah. <laughs> Again, it just looks like it's encumbered. It just like looks like the reindeer needs to get to the gym or or drop some drop some what it's carrying. You know. I I just noticed recently the unicorn saddle is really big. <laughs> <laughs> All I could think one night was, why is there? a laptop computer on the back of my unicorn. <laughs> it's like, that's the saddle. I'm like, why haven't I not seen that before? <laughs> oh. So, um, I also wanted to quickly, because this is a gratitude episode, but I wanted to quickly touch on some items that we are, we are eager to be thankful for mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, I will start, the thing that I can't wait to be grateful for is a mail system. Oh, yeah. Where we can mail things to one another. Or when a Dregs Rewards comes out, it goes into your mail box Ooh. that you could then send to other players as you chose or however. Oh. Um, but we can go we can go back about you know what? I'm about to go off the rails. I'm really looking forward to being grateful for a mail system. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's a really solid pick. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, of course, uh, probably you know, um, but yeah, the vault, the vault organization, mm. uh, more tabs, the searching. How um, much fun will it be to be grateful <laughs> for improved vault? functionality you know i mean ecstatic right i i don't know we might we, we might, campaign we might have to just i mean when it whenever it happens we might have to just do an episode right then 
right uh, on the vault change or we might just do an episode where we just say take off your earphones and go organize your vault and that's the whole episode because <laughs> we just want to promote vault usage yeah um i i did want to say an art thing oh um, so sorry no problem the i really really enjoy the the colorful lights that happen when you pick up minerals or mm. ores um because based on the rarity, you know, like green, blue, purple, mm-hmm. and, and all of that, I mean, you get these like wonderful light flashes. Mm-hmm. And when there's a whole bunch on the ground, I mean, it's just like, it's great. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. I, you know, to, to, so we're, we're jumping back a second, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. There's a lot of little bitty subtle art touches that the game has that is really nice. Like, if you wear like a little sigil thing or whatever, like it actually shows on the character model. Oh yeah. I mean, that's great too. Which I is, totally yeah. it would not happen in most games. Cause that's just like a trinket thing or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, whenever you upgrade your vessel, the fact that your characters like name and class or whatever changes in character selection. And also when you open up your character window or, or whatever, in, you know, in the uh-huh. game. Yep. Not a huge deal, doesn't change the way it plays, but just little just little touches of like someone cared about that <laughs> and I appreciate it. And yeah, and, and and a lot of those um changes have, have come recently, like in the character window when you, you look at your disciplines, um they've got like little color outlines now. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of glow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good touches. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Um, I'll also say that I'm I'm really excited to be grateful for improved group loot. Oh yeah, that's huge. I I I, I get it, and maybe you, you know the thing is is that it might just be more of a half measure than I would like because if you're farming thralls, for example, the shards that they drop fall on the ground like ore or wood or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how group loot works if you do it like that, unless the player that picks it up still auto it still auto distributes throughout the group, regardless mm-hmm. of who runs over it, which would be fine. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe that would be the answer. Um, but yeah, being able to not having to get everyone together, combine resources, manually split them out to share appropriately, <laughs> like I know, I was like, okay, how many people want to split? All right, what's the total? Oh my goodness! Well, and like divide that. <laughs> like yesterday, we were running with, uh, with a group, and one of our players needed to leave somewhat early, and that that decision to leave came somewhat abruptly, which is completely mm-hmm. fine. To be clear, it's not mm-hmm. a complaint at all. But it's like, well, what are we supposed to do then? Because we're not ready to go back at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so they can either keep what they have. Or they can try and split it. Like it just gets confusing, and it's unnecessary that it be that way. Yeah, it's like one dude's leaving, so everyone pull pull up, um, put all of the like dust on one person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Every time I split it, I, I just make the math easy. It's like I'm gonna take whatever the remainder la- least 
portion is. That way, all of you just get hundreds or you know whatever the easy round number is. Right. Like, I, don't, I don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's fair. Anything else that you are looking forward to being thankful for? I um, am looking forward to just overall um, aesthetic uh, improvements, uh, the environment, weather changes, maybe uh, mm-hmm. more so. Um, I mean, we got the whole season changing dynamics, you know, playing that up. I mean, the colors are really good and everything. I don't know. Um, blizzards are, you know, I think there's good rain, but I don't know. I mean, maybe leaves falling. I don't know. Ooh, there we go. Yeah. All kinds of stuff could happen. Awesome. Well, as you can see, we are very, very grateful, um, very thankful for many things in Crowfall. Anything else that we have not been gracious about yet that you wanted to touch on? Um, at this moment, but I'm, I'm sure we'll think of some more. Okay. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is about why gaming matters. You can find either show on any podcast app. Thanks again for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.